Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by my longtime friend, uh, college roommate, just overall great guy, Gary Allen, and one of my newer friends works at Sick Gear, Trevor Stewart. And we were on our spring bear hunt in the mountains of Montana here recently, so I'm still not back yet as the time of recording this. But uh, we're all new to bear hunting, so we discuss backpacking in for Miriam turkeys, trying to find bears in thick timber, finding the ultimate glassing point, finally seeing a big board a long ways away, and then also some long-range shooting basics from Gary. 100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences, whether you prioritize comfort, Lightweight design or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low-light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime, no-fault warranty, and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full-price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top-of-the-line heavy-duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck-owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top, so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, 
you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message, an inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. So this is going to be a two-part, uh, I guess, podcast series going through this hunt. Uh, this is the first part, and then the second part will be the following week as I talk through uh, with my brother. And uh, just for anyone that, that knows or, or, I guess, follows uh, me on social media, then you probably already know. But if you don't, I this little spoiler alert, I did kill a bear, which super pumped about. Uh, I'm yeah, really excited about not at the time of this podcast that you're about to listen to here, but, uh, the following day. So really excited to share more details on that and, and which myself and Kurt will go through on the, on the next episode as well as Kurt killing his Miriam's Turkey. So just incredible week in the mountains. Uh, I felt like a complete newbie, uh, to everything because bear hunting is the first time I've done this spot and stock. And literally it was just like, again, it was, it was brand new to me. I felt like I knew nothing, which I really didn't know much of anything, but, uh, just grinding it out and trying to find bears. So I really hope that this episode you can pull some things from, uh, and, and help you out, uh, going forward. If you wanted to plan a spring bear hunt or really just, there's a lot of takeaways, just, uh, whether it's any sort of Western hunt or new venture in general. So there will be, this is a video podcast. You can go on my YouTube channel and be able to check that out. There's no Mountain Buck Monday story of the week this week, as I just haven't been able to put that together and prepare it. Like I said, I'll be traveling back here. Um, Well, by the time this goes out, uh, I should be back in Pennsylvania at that time. But right now I'm recording this from my brother's basement in Montana. So I... uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing what you guys think of this and love the feedback as always. And thank you so much for listening and and hope you have a great rest of your week. All right, we got it. (laughs) We're live uh, from bear camp here in Montana and I'm joined by one of my, I guess, good closer and best friends from a long time, Gary Allen. And then on my other side over here, I have a newer friend of mine, I guess, we met last year, Trevor Stewart from Sick of Gear, and we've been doing a little bit of bear hunting. So what's going on, guys? We have been doing some bear hunting. Let's get that mic pulled up there, <laughs> <laughs> A little bit closer. I want to breathe into it. There you go. Like that? Yeah. Is that better? Yep. Here. I gotcha. I gotcha. Check. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> good now. Yeah, we've been looking for him. It's been tough. Yeah. Yeah. Tough couple days, but. It's been cool, though, the fact that uh, 
one that Gary, you and I have spent a lot of time hunting together. Yeah. In college, and uh, and have got to hunt usually about once a year together up Since at your family then, yeah. cabin in Pennsylvania, but not. And we've been just wanting to do a, a western hunt for quite a while, so yeah. I'm glad that we were able to make that work out. Yeah, it was nice that it finally worked out. We, like you said, we've been talking about it for a while, and uh, just so happened to work out this year. Yeah, I know Montana spring black bear. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you guys made it out this direction so I could join you too. Yeah. Um, I just moved out here from Austin, Texas, so I'm trying to explore it myself. Got my first bear tag in my pocket, and super excited to join you guys out here. So thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, it's 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 been cool. Um, so like before, when you you got here yesterday, you packed in and and was able to find us, I guess. But and Gary, you got in on Sunday. This is. So for anybody listening, there's going to be multiple stages to this podcast and the bear hunt, and it'll probably be a little bit, uh, timelines might be a little bit screwed up. So just stay with me as you're probably aware. I'm a little bit, uh, not always all there in the head, if you want to put it that oh, way. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tracking yeah. on It's that. been a long couple it's days, too, long, <laughs> so it's hard to it's blame. Been a it's, long it's a little couple. late. Yeah. Trevor yeah. and I had to take the range today and kind of. Well, before we get, before we get into that, let's start let's start here with Gary. Let's let's start with you and uh, kind of how how you and I met. How would you how would you explain that and uh, our time hunting together back in the day? Well, we met in college, like you said, and uh, it was just like through friends, through good friends. You know, you were friends with some of mine, and that's kind of how we met. I think we met at a party and told me your name was Bocephus. <laughs> and mine's Gary Allen, so that's kind of yeah, how it, yeah. the country it's kind of how it's, Yeah, it's kind of how it kicked off, and then uh, realized both of us loved archery hunting and hunting, and uh, since then we kind of, I mean, throughout college we always went out, and uh, I think I taught you everything that you know, but that's up for debate. <laughs> but <laughs> so we, we've, uh, yeah, I, I remember, yeah, I met you, I met you at a party there, and, and we started talking hunting, and it kind of clicked. Yeah. Kind of clicked right away, and spent you you uh, pretty much introduced me to bow fishing. Bow fishing, um, yeah. yeah. We had a lot of fun doing that in college. Killed some turkeys together. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. killed oh, some yeah, deer right. together. Killed some deer together. Same tree. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah I shot a doe out of that. the same tree as you. I remember that that hunt, and then I specifically remember that time when we were set up <laughs> in different edges of this field and on some public land down around where we went to school, and, and you shot a buck. I actually heard you shoot it from, from my tree, and I don't, it, looking back, I don't know why it was such a difficult drag, but it was... It was like one of the most miserable drags ever, and it was all flat. I think. Yeah, but but it was <laughs> no deer cut, cart. Huh? They cut no, no deer cart. No deer cart. No, they they cut the cornfield, and there's like stalks that were upper. I don't remember why, but it just seemed miserable. There was a couple little like creek bottoms, and th- those were thickets, and I don't know. It was just miserable. It was. It a didn't long, seem like it was that bad. It but. was a longer. It was a longer drag, and there was a lot of multi-floral rows and stuff. Anybody is familiar with that? Just a lot of thorns everything yeah. there um so yeah we we had a lot of good time hunting in college like i i feel like most people when they went to college they got out of hunting or whatever for a while and i felt like it just amplified yeah for me with because of all you guys and gary was on the, the football team there and i remember and all of his buddies were that became my buddies 
they all had Mondays off and it was Monday nights. Everybody went out hunting after class and at least some person had a deer down and we'd go to Sam's farmhouse and just butcher deer every single Monday during hunting season. Yeah. Yeah. And then you shot that buck that one time we went out and you're like, well, you're going to help me drag it out. And I was like, I got to get to football practice. <laughs> no, you had a football game. Oh, I had. That was a Saturday. Yeah, what's better, pulling tires or pulling deer? Uh, it was a game, actually, <laughs> now that he brings that up. No. I was like, I got to get to the game. Yeah, no, no, but listen, he shows up to, help, like, while the, my deer is dead there, and then he's like, I got to go, and then I had to drag it. <laughs> and he didn't even, like, help me drag it. He's like, I can't, I can't be sore. I got <laughs> to play football. And I'm like, holy cow. So I drug that thing out. <laughs> and then you still came to the game. I did. I, yeah. did. I made it to tailgating, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, with yeah. a smile on your yeah, face, I'm sure. Your face, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of lot of good times hunting together, lot, yeah. all, in, all in Pennsylvania, I guess, up until this point. So um, I was I was excited to, uh, to get to have you, not have you out like it's my thing, but, like, to get to hunt with you again yeah. and um, do a little bear hunting, which was both, you know, brand new to to both of us here. Yeah, absolutely. And then Trevor, do you want to give a little bit of background on yourself, you know, kind of where you're from, what you're doing and your hunting background? Yeah. Been hunting a long time. Dad always took me out, which was really nice of him. Um, I think I mentioned came from Austin, Texas, um, and, uh, recently got a job up here in Bozeman at Sitka. Um, so super excited to move up here and, totally different from from down there and um in a really good way there's plenty of you know places to explore and um getting a hunting license and a bunch of tags to run around and and uh, do this type of stuff and hang out with great people like yourselves and um yeah it's been it's been a blast so far and it's been fun yeah we've we've (laughs) we've had i i think this hunt like i don't know i've I've just had a blast i like hunting with people because it's just constant shit talking back and forth yeah. um just like <laughs> it, it's just it's just constant doesn't matter whether we're whispering in the woods or we're yelling at camp <laughs> it goes it goes the whole the whole entire time and trevor fit right into the group right from the it didn't take very long for no you, for you to get comfortable around us i'll say that <laughs> yeah i found you guys you dropped me a pin and i hiked in a few miles and found you guys and yeah, it felt uh, felt like we've been friends for a long time yeah. from the get go. So it's been awesome. Yeah, it was funny because so we were planning on just like full on base camp set up. Uh, we're inside the seek outside courthouse right now, and we're just like you know it's gonna be truck camp. And I told Gary that, and pretty sure I told Trevor that too. And then Gary flies in on Sunday. We've already been hunting for a couple of days, and we just happen to get like you know squirrel moment. We found there's turkeys here. Yeah. So I bought a turkey <laughs> tag. Um, my brother, and I'll, I'll have a podcast with him talking about this hunt, but we went in and called a turkey in, and he killed it, um, which was awesome. First time I got to see a Miriam's. But I was like, all right. But these turkeys were way back in. They were a little over three miles from our camp, and it was just up and down, just kind of annoying to try to get in there in the morning. So I was like, let's backpack in for one day. I'm like, Gary, do you have any stuff? You're like, well, I got a bivy sack. I'm like, all right, you're good. <laughs> so, yeah. and then I I, t- I texted Trevor from the inReach and I was like, hey, you know, we're going to pack in. Here's where I think we're going to be at. You know, do you want to meet us? It just, it actually worked out perfect because yeah. you came in and we had just got back to camp after a morning of not 
here in a turkeys <laughs> and uh and yeah we got to kind of make a game plan and you're new to bear hunting too so we're all yep. kind of like just fresh to it yeah it's cool we're all kind of learning together and we all have like researched a bit and have like little tips and tactics we picked up and and just kind of sharing them together and all figuring it out as we go um and uh, the first day was a little tough, but we think we heard one maybe behind us, um, and then it's it's been getting better as we go, especially with the nice weather we've been having. So yeah, so our our game plan um, at, at first was basically to go in and you know get up you know basically get into some of these big basins and glass these green openings that's all i heard heard about on podcasts anybody i talked to you know that's kind of what my base knowledge was well there was snow in here and it's just starting to melt and there wasn't any green up in there so these places we were going to were just vacant and based off of um we a couple buddies uh were at the camp next to us here Tim and Dustin, and they they had mentioned they ran into a bear down lower as they were walking out, only a few hundred yards from camp, and then ran into another group of people from Pennsylvania, and they ran into, you know, bear down lower, and I'm like, okay, well, because everything was green, Mm -hmm. and that kind of threw us off a little bit, because in this, this, like, I guess the foothills, you would call it, like, between you have the mountains, then you have the foothills, then you have, like, the private, like, ground there, and and we're like, okay, so in the foothills, you can't really see your glass. It's just these small openings. Yeah, it's really dense, just timber. So it's just like, wow. You know, we were kind of ran into this thing, like, what do you do? Just sit on one of these openings and hope, you know, sit on a green opening. And so we split up once you got in. Gary went one way. Yeah. Explain about a little bit how your setup looked like. Or what uh, you tried to do. Well, so initially we had talked about it. I was going to sit one of those openings, which, like you are saying, it was smaller openings, maybe 200 yards wide. It'd be essentially like we were deer hunting, you know. Not much area to really view or look for bears or anything. You're kind of just hoping that they roll by. So upon seeing that, I was like, all right, I'm just going to shift out to this uh, ledge or this rock face that it looked like on map, on uh, imagery. And see if I can see more into this valley, into this uh, whole, like, mountainside. And Fortunately, I was in, able to see down into the valley, into, uh, you know, a little creek bottom, kind of an opening. And then I could also glass this entire hillside. Um, the woods just weren't as thick as, like, some of the other stuff that we had been in. So I was able to look through that stuff, but it just... I don't know. We just didn't, just didn't, <laughs> just see didn't produce that. It just didn't night. produce that night. Um, but things are turning around. I think, I mean, you guys heard them behind you yeah. last night. And then today we finally saw it. What we think is hold a on, big hold one. on. Let's, let's oh, we're slow down a second. We're building the story. Too excited. We're I'm building too excited the story here. here. <laughs> so Trevor and I, and Justin, who's here filming. And, uh, we went and we went to another spot where there was a saddle. So, I was, we were we were looking on Spartan Forge and saw where there was like this strip of green grass that went up and then there was a saddle and then a strip of green went down. And ideally, we're like, we could sit on the center and see both sides. Well, once we climbed up there, that wasn't necessarily the case. You could see one side or the other and they were such thin openings that to be able to identify a bear coming across. So, you know, in Montana, you have to 
shoot a bear that that doesn't have cubs so you have to be aware of that and by the time if a bear was just cruising across that opening you wouldn't have time to to be able to identify if there's cubs you know dragging behind a couple minutes um so it it just didn't really work out and we're sitting there kind of trying to figure out what's going on trevor just took a walk and he's like hey i found a better vantage point that you found on the map looked like it was like a opening in the trees there yeah yeah i mean we just didn't feel super comfortable like if a bear walked through there you had to shoot you know while it was walking through and those cubs can be little rascals and and be behind or climbing trees or doing whatever they're doing and and we just didn't feel super comfortable doing that if one walked through that that small opening so i took a little took a little hike up the up the hill from that saddle and you could there's a little rock outcropping and you could see quite a ways which was um just a little better vantage and it was also raining so we were just like out in the open and yeah it was it was uh kind of bumming us out so we, we we went to this other little rock outcropping and sat there for a minute and you know glassed it for a while it rained on us for a while and then uh way out way way out in the field we saw a little black speck and i kept keeping an eye on it it wasn't moving for a while and then i looked back at it again and it was in a different spot so i was like what the heck is going on what is that <laughs> so um i had Bo break out the spotter and we, and we got it on him and there's there's a big old tom just strutting in the middle of this field way out there um but he was on private um so we uh we we debated it for a while because yeah. it was a long, long ways away, um, and we'd kind of have to give up our bear hunt for the evening to yeah. to kind of send it on him. Um, but we decided to go after it and see if we could strike him up. And um, what we we hiked all the way down there. <laughs> we skirted around, you know, the private and um, set up in the woods and and tried to give him some calls, and he just he was either gone by the time we got down there, we could never really get eyes on him again. Um, or he couldn't hear us or he just didn't give a crap about yeah. us. Yeah. He didn't, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think he, I just think he didn't care. He was, he was already done breeding all his hens all morning. He was tired. He was just <laughs> out strutting by himself and he was, he was done. And, and yeah, we had, we had a long walk and, Man, we found some really good elk sign. We were getting all worked up there for a little bit. Saw a big muley buck that uh, um, Trevor pointed out, and and he's like, you you know, it was standing there in this little bench and had a really white face on it. And you're like, that's how normally you can tell the bucks. And then as we were looking through the binos, you could see the velvet antlers coming out. It looked like it'd be an old yeah, Good they were buck. shooting straight out to the side like it was going to be a nice wide deer. Yeah. You know, he's already like outside his ears almost with yeah. that that new growth he had coming in. And I had never seen a buck like that with that white, white patch on its nose. You know, it's very prominent. Um, and there's a few other bucks with him. So that was just cool to see. Um, yeah. And we, we worked our way back, and then we found another little knob just a little bit below that actually gave a good glassing point. So we just said, we'll sit here for the last hour and 15 minutes or whatever it was till dark. And just before dark, you you like you were sitting a little bit away from me, and you waved to me like, I hear something, and I could hear some sticks breaking. And it wasn't – it was like a clumsy Yeah, breaking. it was like – like I had my hood on, but that first loud noise I could hear it almost sounded like it almost sounded like something was like lifting a log or like 
like breaking an old log open or something. It was just something you didn't hear. Like it wasn't like a step of a of an ungulate, like a hoof step. You know, um, it was just something something different. And so we listened for a while, and you could hear it kind of creeping around back there and walking. And then we kept listening and listening. It wasn't it wasn't fifty. It was between fifty and a hundred yards from where we were sitting, just in the tree line. It was getting pretty dark at that point. Yeah. So it was a little tough to see, but we were trying to kind of glass in there. It was really thick. Um, but then, you, but then we heard like a, a stranger noise. It was like a, just like a like a throaty kind of kind of deal. And then uh, and then the birds were going crazy back there, like all yeah. firing off on alarms um and we were hoping man we were we were looking and hoping that it would just kind of poke out and come out of that it tree would have line. Been, it would have been like a 40 yard shot yeah because like. we're like sitting on that knob where it's real green like yeah you know good new growth where it looks like he'd come out and feed and you know there's a good chance he probably saw us sitting on that knob or or smelled us or something and just you know. well we actually we had the thermals and really good yeah. they were rushing down the hill and he was just off to the side so i felt pretty confident about that portion um, but yeah, th- we were also sticking out like sore thumbs yeah, I mean, on the knob. We didn't expect a bear to be right there <laughs> wearing orange and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was really cool. And then, so once it got dark, we packed everything up and went out and I'll be honest, it was a little, a little nerve wracking walking through there. We weren't trying to use headlamps so we wouldn't spook them. And I'm like, you know, is it a grizzly bear? <laughs> you know, what, what is this? And, uh, so we got through there and gave Trevor the self-defense shotgun and, uh, <laughs> we, we were just, we went out and headed back to our spike camp that we had had set up in the woods and met up with Gary at that point. Um, and we really went to bed right away. Uh, our, our tent setup was hilarious too. This is kind of funny. First of all, Gary picked the worst spot in the country to set up our tent. <laughs> it because was a we, pretty good spot. There was a nice little opening down in this bottom with a, like a spring that came out to like a, a watering hole thing. And water was right there. I figured let's just set tents up here. But then Gary's like, well, what if a bear comes out in this opening? We, we, you know, his, and, mil- his, his military I, background I, kicked in. I mean, in I his. thought we were going to be hunting that. Or t- <laughs> yeah, you know, hopefully, it, like, hey, maybe there's turkeys right here. And I agreed with him. And I'm like, okay. So we went up on this hill and found this tiny little flat spot that we tried to shove three tents and a bivy sack in. And we all were kind of on a hill a little bit, except for Justin. He had the he had the cream of the crop spot up there. And, uh, and so we're all like you know, t- tapered in. I, it, Justin had his stone glacier tent and you and I both had seek outsides that were like there. And Gary's like tucked between two. He's in like a deer tree. bed under a yeah. tree in a baby sack, which yeah, is, you know, right. that's kind of, yeah. a, that's kind of a good move sometimes. Yeah. That was, you could fit anywhere with that thing. Yeah. Oh, it was, I mean, it was fine. It was just a little more of an incline than I expected. <laughs> All of us. Like yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think I started to slide down a little bit midnight, but yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, but anyways, the next morning we got up before first light and went down to listen for turkeys and kind of glass. And we all went together and there's no turkeys, which uh, we were at the spot where Kurt had killed his bird and nothing. And I was like, all right, you know, what what, what can we do here? And what what did we do next? I don't remember. Um we kind of creeped around, checked that saddle again, um, yep. and then got up to that little ridge where we, we could see the night before, glass a little bit, and then it was just kind of 
out of that time zone from early morning where you might see bears moving. And we just decided to kind of get out of there because we had kind of burned it up a little bit. And there's just super small openings. We wanted to just get to somewhere we could really see some country and, and cover some ground with our glass and, and try and try and locate a bear. It was the goal. Yeah. Because if we, even if we stayed in the evening, the spot where we heard that bear next, our chances of having an opportunity were really low. Cause like, it, I don't know. It was just, you felt kind of out of the game. So we're like, all right, we've got a lot of sunshine. We've got some rain. Maybe that higher country in the mountains is starting to green up a little mm-hmm. bit. So at like nine in the morning, we decided to go back and pack up camp yep. and head down. And I mean, <laughs> Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series, but they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. Our packs are relatively heavy for the one-day pack-in. Yeah, especially I, yours, rifle and a shotgun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. And Gary's tripod that weighs probably 20 pounds on his own. Um, but, hey. It's carbon fiber tripod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pick and choose what you spend your money on. Well, and then, and then the problem is Trevor's, Trevor lives out here and has got mountain legs, and he's taken off flying, and we're trying to keep up. Yeah. We're struggling a little bit. I, I'll I'll be honest. We were, we were struggling. and uh, But once we got to the downhill, you know, we felt felt pretty confident at that point getting yeah. back to the truck. We booked it out there pretty good. We were back in under like an hour, under an hour probably. Yeah, we yeah. were. Yeah. We made a good time. Back. That was that was a good three-mile hike back in that time. We were, we were covering ground. Yeah, so we like, what, got back to camp. Brought my truck over to camp, got set up, and then you cooked us some awesome bison tacos, which were amazing to get off the mountain house diet for a day and <laughs> yeah, get some real food. Yeah, I got Kurt's uh, bison um, that he had killed in North Dakota last year, cooked some of that up, and I, <laughs> I'm the worst camp chef out there because like... All I had was taco meat and shells. There was no hot sauce. Taco Bell, <laughs> taco Bell crunchy shell. Taco yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, anything. I'm like, I'm like, sorry guys, but 
we were hungry and we ate uh, all ten pounds of that right away and it was good and then gary decided to go take a bath and the literal literally like the snow runoff creek that went down through so yeah it was you know you get the legs back working you know yeah some blood flowing again he was in the pool yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it was yeah we we dipped it was a little chilly yeah a little chilly i took like a half bath like I got my upper body and head in and my feet, but I didn't go the whole way, you know. I was I guess I'm not man enough <laughs> as you are. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we chilled out at camp a little bit. I I climbed up. Um I have a rooftop tent and I had a cot inside the tent, but I climbed up on top of the diamond back and slept on the hard metal there for a little while. You went up in your rooftop tent and I think you were sleeping in your yeah. cot, a little nap. Justin was in here and uh, we got like, like 20 minutes, 30 yeah. minutes or so. It was like perfect, you know. It's and just enough. Then here's where the grand old plan came in. <laughs> yeah. Trevor's like, we need to get high. We need to get high up there to be able to see <laughs> down. And nobody nobody disagreed with him at this point. But the the spot that he had picked, looking, you could see it from camp. It was, it was a gamble. It was a gamble whether we could get there. It was steep. The topo lines were really, really close together. And it, I mean, just looking at the thing, it's daunting. But like, it's either that or you hike. Like, we're wanting to go back into that basin you guys were looking at the first day where, where it wasn't really green yet. But like, we've had two days of really, really good weather, good sun, some rain. Yeah. We're like, man, it's got to be greening up in there a little bit. And like, there's got to be some animals in there. So we wanted to just get a good, like, master advantage of of that entire basin, which is massive. Um, and I just kind of looked at, looked at the map and looking at the knife ridge from camp. And you can see that there's some really cool rocky outcroppings above the tree line where you could really get a good view. And, um, we decided to go for it. And, uh, we didn't quite know if it was a good idea or not <laughs> until, <laughs> until we got there. But. Well, it, well, yeah. And, and you guys, what I thought was really cool and, and, what you know anybody that comes out west whether it's your first time or whatever like when you're looking at navigating steep terrain you got to look at you know specific things yeah. like you know when you guys were talking back and forth it's like okay we want to go up this gut or this little draw it was just a slight one to to be able to go up and why why do you typically like find those i guess places to to try to get up i mean they're gonna be more gradient obviously so it's gonna be a little bit of an easier walk but I mean, that entire time, we saw that, identified it, and, I mean, thought of that it would be good, but gave enough time that if it wasn't, then we could figure something else out, but I don't know. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a grind, Yeah, but it's like, to me, getting that master advantage, even if you, like, really can't it's it's too far to really get a shot off like yeah. just to locate an animal and locate a bear and 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 try and you know see something yeah. in that basin so you can set up for the you know the 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 next few days it's worth it but yeah it was it was um it was it, it was a grind getting up there it was really steep 
and we had to bushwhack our way for for quite some time um and side hill oh, and we ate some branches yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, but, yeah my rifle scopes got some new scars and make it look like a veteran uh hunter going up but what was so we were going up and it was all like shale and like rocks and there's like you know some cliff faces over here and kind of navigating through it and the thing both of you guys brought up was like you can you have like a plan but you got to recognize as you're going and also you know putting your tracker on um with your map so that when you come back out in the dark you know how to get through it because you don't want to be trying to navigate through cliff country Definitely. and unknown country with you know with a headlamp on because you can get yourself in a bad spot <laughs> yeah really quick while that mountain lion's tracking you yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, we're we're on this we're on this deer trail through this like just nasty, just thick. You got you got so you got like I don't even know if it's like looks like pine shrubs that's like you're tripping on and Justin was behind me and he watched both my feet get tangled up and almost go face first down over the hill. And we're going through it and I look on this trail and there's a mountain lion track and Tim and Dustin just had an encounter with a, mus- a mountain lion the other day. I'm like, "Huh, yeah, this is a place that if I was a mountain lion I'd live." So we kept going, and we're all back there, kind of cursing Trevor, like where the hell is he taking us? Yeah, I knew if 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 I didn't if this didn't pan out, I wasn't getting invited back on one of their <laughs> Montana hunts when they come through town. But but it was probably one of the most epic vantage points. It was probably one of the best vantage points you could have in that entire basin because we could see a ton. Yeah, yeah, you could see a ton. I mean, once we bushwhacked through there, got through the trees and got to that next ridge um, and those those you know rocky outcroppings we found an awesome bench where we could just sit there and we could see the entire basin and yeah. really really put our glass to work and you know rather than just trying to get lucky and and see one come through the small opening we could see every single opening in that whole basin and the whole hillside and you could see south south facing slopes north facing stuff like you could see you could see everything you could see the snow line how it was working up you could see all the green patches where you'd hope bears would come out and and feed in the evening and and so we decided to you know obviously we're we're beat after that hike so we decided to sit down and just give it give it the go for the evening yeah i'm glad we we left as early we did from camp and really i mean it didn't take us that long to get there so to give you a, a frame of reference here we climbed 900 foot of elevation um 45 minutes over three quarters mile (laughs) so that's steep i mean that's real steep and then once from that point we went uh, another 0.7 miles side hilling bushwhacking to get to that vantage point and when we set up it really didn't take long to start seeing game and things were a lot greener than they were when you and i were in there two days ago but they were just in patches yeah um we saw (laughs) A, a ton of mule deer. I don't even know how many. Yeah, all over. And then we saw elk. We saw um, elk, yeah. It seemed like the elk are starting to move their way back up into that that higher country. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, we saw a bunch on private. On you could see both directions, which was cool. You could see south and you could see north into the basin. So you could see south into the private and some fields. And there's, you know, a herd of elk out there in the fields with some mule deer as well. And then, uh, yeah, it seemed like the, the cows were starting to really work their way back into that base. And I feel like that's kind of a, a bit of a sanctuary for them and a little bit of a calving ground. Yep. Um, so I feel like over the next, you know, couple of weeks here, um, there'll be a lot of calving going on in there. And Yeah. And as we're sitting there watching, 
uh, the first weird thing that happened was all of a sudden we hear a helicopter. <laughs> and this helicopter came through the basin below us. So to give an idea how high up we were, this helicopter came through. We still don't know what kind of helicopter, what they were doing. No. I mean, it was either fish and game. I didn't even know they had helicopters. I'm sure they do. But them or maybe some hunters that just like booked a helicopter ride. There was some orange riding in that helicopter I saw just looking and scouting maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We had the glass like right inside you could see them sitting in there and they went up every single gully in that basin which honestly pissed us off pretty low they were so low low and all the elk were running the deer were running yeah it it boogered everything out of there for a little bit yeah so that really sucked and um they came right back out and watched them push the elk and and deer on On private private, um around a little bit which dustin the guy who's at the camp next to us from north dakota he he had uh saw he was sitting over there like where you could see that private too and he saw them you know the helicopter come over and everything but then after that we had a guy come through on a horse no gun but wearing orange with a whole litter of dogs yeah. me, if the litter's yeah, there, I think right? like five or six dogs all different kinds yeah, yeah all different kinds yeah just like going through the woods and we're like man we're not you know gary kept saying mother nature's gonna reward us <laughs> for this effort and uh I, I, yeah. I can't say i was super confident about that at that point no 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 well no. mother nature was trying but human presence was doing the opposite which is Typical. typical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it was just getting a little bit later. It was after eight o'clock, probably quarter after eight or so. I think it was right at eight thirty actually. Was it? It was right at eight thirty because I, I was telling myself I was like, all right, maybe we should call this at eight thirty. Yeah, we got a long hike back. Yeah. And and a challenging one, so we want to make sure we could navigate the hard parts during daylight. Yeah. And I just I, and I hadn't been looking in that area in probably 30 minutes or so. I'd been focusing more of the closer stuff. And I pulled up my glass. And this is no shit. I didn't tell you guys this. But as soon as I pulled up my glass, that bear was right in my right in my spot. And you had been watching that opening because there was this, this back part of the basin. was covered in snow and, like, different parts of it. And there's one little green one meadow. green patch way up there. It wasn't that big. And... I'm like, I think I see a bear, but I don't want to say anything because I've thought I've seen a bear like right 25 <laughs> times up until that point and watch. I'm like, no, that's, that's a bear. Like that's moving. And you just said bear. And we were, we had all been sitting there for hours waiting for someone to say that word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for it. Waiting. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it, it was kind of funny too, because we, before we packed up there, Gary's like, bare necessities. We need to be light. We need to get up there. We need to do this. So we were like light on clothes. We were light on everything. It was hot when we left. It got pretty cold. So it was chilly and, you know, wind was blowing across there and everything. And and that just like instant morale boost of seeing what looks like a big boar from, you know, over a mile away, probably yeah. a mile away. I don't know. Shoot. Yeah. But Dude, mile I mean, and a half away. Yeah. Mile we, and a half. We all away. haven't seen a ton of bears, but man, it looked like a, a nice He looked bear. like a good bear. And yeah. And I didn't, I just had, I just had my nine by 45 mavens out. I didn't even have my spotting scope and, and then you pulled it up on your spotting scope and we were able to see it. And we were just like super pumped and he looks like he's in a good spot. Um, but right after we located him and watched him, he just hung out in that, meadow there there was no 
there was no cubs or anything. So, it, I mean, he was just there alone feeding and jet black too. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, Jet black. And so at that point we packed up our gear and started trying to traverse our way back down. It went pretty smooth. I'll be, it was, it was pretty good actually. Yeah. It was, and poor Justin, he doesn't have track. (laughs) I don't know how, and he's holding the camera and I'm like, yeah, I mean, four wheel drive with the trekking poles. I don't know how to, I would have done it without those. No. It kept saying, you good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and yeah, he, he made it down. I'd be lying if I didn't say I was worried about him the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. And and, and we, we start going down, and then it gets dark, so we turn our headlamps on as we're navigating. And all of a sudden, I see Gary going to this, like, thick, thick-ass, like, pine tree. I'm like, what is he doing? He picks up a big mule deer shed. <laughs> An old, old big one. score, yeah. Yeah, a real... Real old one. And um, so, yeah, obviously, Gary's head was blown up at that point. He, you know, he's a land navigator. He's a <laughs> shed hunter at night. You know, he's all these things, right? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that was cool. That I'll was, tell you if I'm a bear hunter tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we're, yeah well, Trevor and Justin are leaving. Well, you'll be here in the morning with us. And then Justin's leaving real early we're recording this at twelve eighteen right now so and poor, poor daylight said four thirty five a.m yeah. so <laughs> yeah it's um and i i don't know we haven't really 100 percent figured out what our plan is going to be yet but i don't think we're going to like we're not going to try to get after that bear at first light not because we're up late but more so from the standpoint of we don't want to bump him or spook him and he's probably only going to be out the first few minutes of daylight and then go back and if he stays you know unscathed not having pressure he's probably gonna do the same thing tomorrow evening hopefully yeah that's that's what our yeah that's what our goal is obviously we're hoping for that's what we're hoping for and these this is coming from you know three very inexperienced new bear hunters so it, it is what it is we just have you know, try to formulate a plan from what we're seeing and go with it. And that's, it's been kind of fun just trying to figure it out on the fly. Yeah. I think we're just kind of thinking on like the plan for tomorrow. And it's like, if we go in there at 4am, it's like, can we even like figure it out yeah. how to get there in the dark? It's a long, long, long ways away. Long, long and walk. Then, and we're, I mean, we were up at five this morning and it was, I mean, it was light out. Yeah. yeah. 5 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I, we're kind of thinking of being a little ways away and, and glassing for a while and, and waiting for those thermals to switch once the sun hits that uh, that hillside and then and then try and sneak up over the top and kind of drop in behind him and, and, and find a good shooting spot into that, that meadow he was in yeah. and just wait him out for the evening. Yeah. And, and just see. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, like you said about going in the morning is... Well, I'm shooting a new bow this year and I am pumped. After playing around with the buddy's Hoyt RX-8, the smile on my face made the decision for me. The first thing I noticed with the new Hoyts were their extremely smooth draw cycles and the ability to adjust the back wall to make it rock solid like I prefer. I outfitted my own RX-8 with the inline accessories that made installation extremely easy and balanced out the bow. My favorite accessory so far is a simple one. It's the Go Sticks 2.0 adjustable legs to make your bow like a tripod, but it doesn't interfere with any part of the bow or the limbs or anything like that. 
In addition, the integrated kickstand within the HBX Exact Cams protect your string from excess wear when you put your cam into the dirt. Ground hunting or spot and stock just got easier. If you want to experience what I'm talking about, head to your nearest Hoyt dealer and take a test drive yourself. You can learn more at Hoyt.com. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out at, or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at the mobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. We've we seen from a mile and a half away. We have no idea what that looks like over there, where you can shoot from, how to get yeah. in there. It it would be very difficult to, uh, to be able to do that and probably do more harm than good in the dark. Yeah. And the first weekend that when we were in here, um, before you guys got in, there was so much hunting pressure, like hunting pressure, hiking pressure, people camping. There was just a lot of traffic right now. There's not really anybody knock on wood yeah. and tomorrow's so, Wednesday. So it's hitting perfect. Yeah. And we got some weather rolling in Thursday and Friday. So it's, it's, uh, we're going to try to capitalize, um, tomorrow. And I, I, I feel super confident. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. See what happens. You I, never I, know. I felt I mean, super confident in a lot of other situations that haven't worked, but you know what? It's going to work tomorrow. Yeah. There's no doubt. We'll and, make it work. And Gary, Gary's a lot, uh, I'll say he's a lot better shooter than I am. So <laughs> he, he said, he's like, all right, you spotted that bear. You get first shot. He's like, but that thing better go down quick. Cause my follow up is just <laughs> as fast. And, uh, and yeah. So as that, soon as you break that shot, the second one's coming. <laughs> yeah. And Gary's been on this trip kind of teaching me a little bit about the long range game and Gary's very competent at shooting at some pretty extreme distances which is which is brand new to to me and it's funny because you know I, my my gun's a, a Bergera 300 Win Mag and Gary's like you have a a Bergera 300 PRC right yep yeah yep and um you're like bo like you're not you know, you're not letting this gun do what it's able to do by, you know, and he's trying, you know, teaching me about, you know, building a dope card and how to, how to adjust for it and all of those different things. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it really. And I mean, that could be, I mean, that could be an hour long conversation really, but there, there's a ton that goes into it. And if you want to get into long range hunting, I mean, you really just got to spend time on the gun, which is unfortunate in this day and age because ammo's one hard to come by and it's expensive. Um, but I mean, if, if you want to shoot long range, you got to shoot long range and that's the only way that you're going to get good about it. You know, you want to shoot big whitetail, you got to get out in the woods and scout and just like big whitetail, just like any, everything yeah. else. Um, but you know, with that too, is you got to have a good gun, you got to have good glass and yeah. I mean, and you've got that. So it's just a matter of being at the right place, right time and really understanding, you know, what's the weather doing, what's the wind, wind doing, if you're shooting for farther out. And, um, 
how that bullet's going to fly. Yeah. No, it, it was just, it's just been so cool. Like, I mean, you just scratch the surface with me, like talking to me about it and learning, like you need time behind, behind the gun. Like you said, yeah. to, to know it. And it is hard to get ammo. Like, so for my gun, the ammo that I was shooting, Brigera said they did all their testing with a specific bullet. And the closest one that for hunting was a burger, 185 green classic hunter, 300 wind mag. And I can't find any ammo. I spent the last three months <laughs> trying to find that ammo and I can't find it. Luckily I had one box left. I bought two, uh, Kurt found two extra boxes of something that's similar, but it's not the same if in case yeah. I needed to go that route. But, um, it's, so, so anyways, I, I didn't have, you know, a lot of ammo to spend time with and, yeah. and sit there. So I, I'm not going to be taking those long shots as, um, as Gary is, is competent at doing, but you have, you have that Kestrel. What's that Kestrel thing you have? Uh, that's just a Kestrel and it's just the weather meter. So it's going to give you your density, altitude, your humidity, temperature. I mean, wind, wind, um, will give you the wind at your position, um, which that you know that's another thing too is yeah you know the wind at your position but mm-hmm. what's the wind doing at that bear yeah, yeah it's swirling uh, everywhere it's in swirl- that, in oh that in that canyon basin, yeah i mean that's a huge thing too is now all right so now we're talking longer range and you're talking that wind well that wind's not just coming straight across like if you were out in a plane or something it's i mean it's coming off those hillsides it's I mean, there's a lot of things. You got really wind, you it. got thermals, you got train and objects that are, you, you know, yeah. and as blowing temp- like water. And- yeah. As the temperature changes, now your density altitude's changing. So now you got to account for that. And I mean. Yeah. Gary's not going to admit it, but he's a very legitimate sniper. <laughs> so um, I've been picking his brain too. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been bow hunting forever just because I'm, lived in Texas and like drawing a tag out of state and hunting out West, which is what I wanted to do. The only tags I could really draw were, you know, archery tags. So that's kind of what I've been doing for the past, you know, five, five, six years. So I've been picking his brain too. I need to get myself a rifle. All I have is grandpa's old 30 out six and (laughs) seven mag. So I'm trying to figure that game out too. And he's a great resource for it. No, it's, it's, it's cool to like learn that. Like I think I could get really into it and like geek out on it. Like if I spent the time and and did it and it's probably a rabbit hole, I'm sure. Oh, it's Uh, a rabbit hole. (laughs) Just like your bow is a rabbit hole. Oh, this thing guns and it's a it's a rabbit hole and and i i think it's cool because it's not like oh you just point the gun and you know this is what happens like there's a lot that goes goes into shooting that and you and you and i were out a few you know your first night here and we were just sitting there and it was super calm and you're like you know like with your gun and me talking you through it if a bear was out there at 450 yards we could dial in i would have no concerns you have a steady yeah. rest with you being able to make that shot but then once you start introducing wind and all these other different things that changes, changes yeah those variables change it yeah quite a bit so it's yeah it's, it's cool to to get to pick your brain out here and just kind of get me thinking about that and anybody else that's really you can increase your odds of success by being able to shoot further, especially out West. Like I'm used to, I've always rifle hunted Eastern whitetails in Pennsylvania, I hunted, you know, caribou in Alaska, which was different, but most of mine's been Eastern whitetails where a 200 yard shot's a long shot. Like, oh yeah. You you're, you good, you're good with the 30, 30 leopard yeah. gun <laughs> in yeah. Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, so it's it's a different world out here, I guess, from the rifle hunting yeah. point. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, you know, some people think it's unethical to take those longer shots, but if you have the time on the gun, you know your gun, and you're confident with those shots, then there's, I mean, it's no different than taking a shot with a bow on a on a deer or something like that, yeah. you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it just increases your chances and your opportunities yeah. out here when you're just looking at such a big landscape, you know, it's, things are so far away. It's, it's, and, and sometimes not possible to even get over there and get closer. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you have to shoot across Canyon sometimes. That's like really the only, the only option. It's the only option. Yeah. Um, and I think understanding all those things that play into it is huge. And that's why it comes into play. Right. And there's so many people out there too, that, I mean, don't spend the time to learn that and understand it. And, you know, case in point, I was out in Colorado elk hunting two years ago now. And, I mean, we had a couple guys come past and like, ah, we had two bulls bedded at 400 yards. Couldn't make that shot down. And, you know, in the back of my mind, me and my other buddy were like, <laughs> I'll take that shot standing offhand 400 yeah. yards. <laughs> two bulls bedded? Like, that. <laughs> Yeah. Because you're get yeah, easier than that, that. <laughs> but we, but I mean, we've, you know, I've, I've put the time in to learn that and understand it, and um, and feel confident with those shots. So yeah, yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's it's the same thing. Like when you look at okay, say you're going to shoot an elk. There's people that might be competent out to 40 yards, and then you have someone like Levi Morgan that can make that shot blindfolded at 90 yards without you know you know thinking you know obviously there's the animal behavior and all the other stuff into play but just like making yeah. that shots a, a whole nother a whole nother thing and, and depending on your competency level so yeah yeah so that's that's cool i'm i'm excited um i'm excited for tomorrow and uh for us to to get out there and see what happens we'll see what happens yeah 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 i, I mean know. hopefully we can find that guy again hopefully he you know, hopefully he's got some sort of pattern and is going to hit that meadow again. Hopefully we, you guys can get in there and kind of get set up and ready. And, you know, it's going to be a, a last light thing, kind of like, it's just like the way bear hunting is. It seems like it's there. You yeah. only really see them. They only really poke out in, in the evening there and, and give you that opportunity. So hopefully he, he'll come back out. Yeah. And it'll be, be me and Gary alone on that lonely night pack out and uh since you guys are leaving us so <laughs> yeah i can i, I wish i could stay. i hope that's the, the situation uh because i i will definitely embrace uh a late night pack out that would be just fine with yeah me. oh yeah we'll get it done at this point yeah we're we're gonna get it done i'm i'm sure of that yeah but anyways well I think we should uh, probably close this one off here, and uh, yeah, we'll. I'll have another podcast. Probably do that one with Kurt, um, possibly Gary, if he's still still around at that point with how this story plays out and the rest of our hunt plays out. And uh, yeah, I mean, you guys got both have tags, so yeah, get one tomorrow and. Yeah, oh yeah, they're keep it rolling. Well, I think two is going to come out tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> two big boars are coming out in the same spot. Yeah, they're they're going to fight at the same time, and we're going to have to separate. They're fighting, the fight. and then we got yeah, yeah. That's exactly what's yeah. going to happen. Oh, big settle it. Yeah, <laughs> we got big things coming. We have big things coming. That's all. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast here late at night when you want to go to bed, and and um, yeah, no been fun man yeah appreciate you having us out yeah appreciate it and uh look forward to the days to come here
Heck yeah, man. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.